the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Today we're going to talk about this million-dollar question, was Muhammad really illiterate? What does the word Ummi actually mean? We know him as an Nabi al-Ummi. And many times we are told, hey, look, that's the miracle. The fact that this guy who did not know how to read or write, look at how beautiful of a revelation called the Quran he brought. How did he know how to articulate things like this to us and so on and so forth? As if, as if unlearned people cannot somehow do poems and say things or even know how to be creative and innovative. But all that aside, Let's answer that question, basically. Was Muhammad illiterate? With us here to answer this question, our dear brother, Rob Christian. Rob, welcome back, brother. Thank you, dear brother. Thank you for having me yet again uh, on your wonderful uh, show in this beautiful studio. God bless you. God bless your team. God bless the audience who are watching uh, this video or going to watch this video. This topic is really important because Muslims claimed that Muhammad was an ummi. And illiterate, and they gave him this uh, this this nickname or this uh, attribute uh, because they want to give him a miracle. I mean, Muslims say, you know, Muhammad was an ummi; he was an illiterate, and this is one of the miracles of Islam that Allah gave an illiterate, and He made this uh, religion of Islam uh, spread worldwide by giving an illiterate this big, huge task to spread. This final religion, they call Islam the final religion to complete all the religions and to 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 uh, correct all the re- religions before it, basically Judaism or, or, or Christianity, the main uh, uh, religions before Islam. So here, uh, Muhammad is called an illiterate and Muslims brag about it. Our Ummi prophet mm-hmm. is one, the one, the final prophet, the seal of all the prophets. So let's see if Muhammad was truly an illiterate and what is actually the meaning behind the word? Because the word ummi in Arabic can have many meanings, dear brother. You are an Arabic speaker, and we know that it can have multiple meanings. So let's see which true meaning is the meaning behind the word and uh, ummi or ummi, right? Ummiya. So let's see. So if we see what the meaning is, brother, you are an Arabic speaker. You know what the meaning of ummi is. But here are two meanings for the word ummi. Ummi can have two meanings. One of them is actually, yes, illiterate. And the other meaning can also be someone without a book of God, basically a someone who is spiritually dead. He did not receive any uh, revelation, in a, let's say in a book form or uh, in a form of a, a divine revelation from God. So, and actually that's the correct meaning for 
the Ummi, in this case for Muhammad, because Muhammad is an Arab, and the Arabs did not get any divine revelation yet. They did not get any prophet, unlike the Jews and the Christians, right? The, the Jews and the Christians, they had many prophets to come with a divine revelation through the Holy Spirit, right? From the Holy Spirit to guide those people who are maybe lost. But in Islam, Muhammad was basically the first prophet. And did he actually, could he actually write and read? Or was he simply a lost soul who got supposedly divine revelation from Allah through Jibreel with the Quran, right? So let's see, brother, what do you want to add on top of this? No, I mean, it's it's absolutely important for people to know that the word ummi in and of itself does not necessarily mean an illiterate person. I mean, we have to be aware of that fact. In fact, there is a lot of writings out there on research to indicate that uh, the meaning behind why Muhammad was called a Nabi al-Ummi, not necessarily that he was an illiterate person. He just basically came to people without a book, technically speaking. Exactly. Basically a Gentile, right? Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Al-Umam. That's where we get the word al-Umam from. Exactly. Here, here's an example, a crystal clear example from Sahih al-Bukhari, hadith number 2125. Sahih al-Bukhari, hadith number 2125. O Prophet, meaning Muhammad, we, Allah is speaking basically, we have sent you as a witness and a giver of glad tidings and a warner and a guardian of the illiterates, of the illiterates. And as you see, uh, the word is ummiyin. Plural of Ummi, the plural form of Ummi, Ummiin, right? So right. as you see, the Arabs used to be called Ummiin. What do you want to add, brother? No, I mean, uh, it makes sense. It makes sense. The fact that the Arab recognized right away that you have Jews who have a book, you have Christians who have a book, and most likely they were looking at the Arab Jews and the Arab Christians and saying, wait a minute, you know, we don't have a book. So they discovered so quickly that they basically are not part of that group. And most likely, most likely the Jews gave him the indication that's because you're Gentiles, technically speaking. That's why you are outside of our uh, basically uh, community or outside of our religious community, if you wish. And you guys don't have what we have. Exactly. And it's really important that the people are understanding that it becomes clear what I'm trying to explain here and what our brother is explaining here. You need to understand that the Jews and the Christians were called people of the book. Why? Because the Christians received the gospel and the Jews, they received the Torah, for example, and the Zabur, the, they call it the Psalms, right? So Muslims who were a bunch of pagans before that, in the time of Ajaliya, the pre-Islamic era, the Arabs were illiterates, not because they could not write and read. There were many Arabs who could write and read. Uh, for example, they loved to write poetry, listen to poetry. So they were not actually literally illiterates. They were called Ummiyin because they did not have a book. They did not know about God. They were a bunch of pagans. The family of Muhammad were a bunch of pagans. The Quraysh of Mecca were pagans, hence why they were called Ummiyin or Ummiyun, and uh, singular form Ummi, Muhammad being an Ummi, not because he could not write and read, he was called an Ummi because he did not receive a book from God yet, like the Jews and the Christians, the people of the book. Now, do you That's understand right. why the Muslims are not the people of the book, brother? That's right. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, why aren't they included in there? Even though uh, later revelations, like in chapter 5, it claims that the Quran is part of the book. What about book? The one book 
that both Christians and Jews have. And now the Quran is inserting itself, interjecting itself to be part of that book, which is, you know, wishful thinking, to be honest. Exactly. And now we will understand if we go, for example, to Sahih al-Bukhari again, the basically second book after the Quran for the Sunni Muslims, the largest uh, sect in Islam, the Sunni uh, Islam, in Sahih al-Bukhari, hadith number 114, 114, Sahih al-Bukhari, it says here that Ibn Abbas said, when the ailment, basically the illness of Muhammad, Muhammad was about to die, he's very sick, it became worse, he said, Muhammad said, who? Muhammad said, the Rasulullah, the Prophet of God, uh, in this case Allah, bring for me, Muhammad said, writing paper to write something down, and I, who Muhammad, will write for you a statement after which you will not go astray. Then it continues saying, but Omar said, the prophet is seriously ill. Muhammad is, is starting to lose his mind. Muhammad is becoming crazy, right? He's losing, uh, uh, you know, a reality. So Muhammad is seriously ill, Omar said. And this is, by the way, Omar, who is, who is going to be uh, the second caliph uh, much later in the future. And we have got Allah's book with us, and that's sufficient for us. So here, Omar, Omar you know, stop this. He said, no, no, don't give him any uh, pen or paper to write things down because we already have the Quran and the Quran is already completed. We don't need any more message or, uh, you know, uh, anything, any statement from Muhammad. Muhammad is seriously losing everything. Muhammad is uh, starting to become crazy. He does not know what he's talking about. So here we have two damaging uh, things, brother, that I want to share with everybody. Muhammad, as you see, could write and read. He was certainly not... And Ummi in uh, uh, meaning that he was actually illiterate. No, no. Muhammad could read and write. And on top of that, the prophet of Islam, <laughs> the final prophet, the perfect example, according to Omar, is seriously mentally yes. having problems. This is damaging. Absolutely. As you see, you brother. Yeah. Yeah, because Omar was surprised. It's like, why do we need additional guidance? We already have the book of guidance. I mean, I, I love Omar. At least Omar at least exposed Muhammad many times in, in a variety of ways. And here he's saying, are you telling me the book that we have is not sufficient enough? Wow. This is really damaging. This is embarrassing. And Muslims, please, for the love, uh, for the shin of Allah, don't say from now on that Muhammad was illiterate because Muhammad could write and read. He's asking for pen and paper, right, to write something down before dying. But it was Omar who stopped Muhammad, you know, to write something down because he said, no, no, we already have the Quran. The Quran is complete. Uh, the religion of Islam is now complete. We don't need anything anymore from Muhammad. So you see, again, proof that later Muslims tried to give Muhammad a miracle, which he never had, meaning in this case, being an illiterate. No, Muhammad could write and read. No miracles, nothing. Stop bragging about it. Your prophet was an illiterate. So let us see what the real name of Muhammad is and uh, what the Islamic books are telling us. As you know, dear brother, uh, Muhammad, Muhammad is not a name. It's a title. That's right. Can you please enlighten us? Because you're an Arabic speaker. You know, uh, you used to be a Muslim. What does the name Muhammad? What, uh, it's actually, as, as I said, it's not a name. It's a title. What does Muhammad mean? Muhammad is, is the one who's been, who's praised, you know, the praised one or the one the who is one. being praised. Yeah. The praised one. Exactly. So it's the praised one. So it's a divine title because if we go to chapter one of the Quran, 
ayah 2, it says, Alhamdulillah. So it should be attributed to Allah alone. How can a human being, <clears throat> if he's not God, how can he have the divine title Muhammad, meaning the praised one? Alhamd. Brother, Hamd, Alhamdulillah. Can we say Alhamdulillah Muhammad? Well, you know, it sounds like his name said it all, actually, without having to say it this way. So that means when you call yourself Muhammad, that means you are calling basically yourself Allah. Isn't that shirk, ya Muslimin? Isn't that shirk to call yeah. yourself Muhammad then? And, and brother, I mean, if, if the claim that he came to uh, glorify Allah, then his name should have been Muhammad, not Muhammad. Muhammad, the one who is glorifying or praising Allah. I would accept it that way. I mean, the one who kept praising Allah all the time. But his name is Muhammad. He is the one who receives uh, the praise. Exactly. So, meaning Muhammad is a divine title that we can attribute to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He is the praised one. So here, when Muhammad took this divine title, he tried to make himself equal to our Lord, for example, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, glory to his name. So here, Muhammad tried to act like a, a real cult leader. In the end, you buy their fruits, you will know them. Uh, a true cult leader who created Islam, the cult, the man-made cult. And we are going to show you that it certainly wasn't his real name because the, we know the real name of Muhammad after doing some investigation again from the Islamic books. And here is from now on the proof. If we, let's see, if we can... Switch screens. Here is uh, some information. There is uh, uh, a very famous doctor in the Arabic world, especially from Egypt in this case. He is uh, the director of the manuscripts in Alexandria. And he has actually an office. He is a director. He is a doctor. And his name is uh, Yusuf Zaydan. Maybe you've heard of him, brother. He is a famous figure in the Islamic world. And he said that... Muhammad, his name was Huthum, right? And maybe you want to read the Arabic, brother, for us, for everybody. Yeah, it says, أَنَّهُ حَمَلَ هَذَا الْإِسْمِ Meaning he had this name, Huthum, speaking of Muhammad here. What's the name, brother? Huthum. Huthum. Yeah, and it says, إِلَىٰ أَنْ بَلَغَ مِنْ عُمْرِهِ مَا يَزِيدُ عَلَى الْأَرْبَعِينَ عَامًا Until he reached the age a little over 40 years of age. Wow, so Muhammad's name was not Muhammad, but actually Qutham. And this is an Islamic doctor who happens to be a doctor by the name of Yusuf Zaydan. And at the same time, he's the director of the Islamic manuscripts. And on top of that, he is the manager. He is the, the manager of uh, the Islamic museum or the museum in Alexandria. He's the one saying it? A doctor, an Islamic doctor is saying that? Yes. That's the one? Yeah, That's he's the one saying here. that. And he got uh, basically the information from this book, book Hayat Muhammad, meaning the life of Muhammad, page 39. And the writer of this book is the, the doctor Muhammad Hussein Haikal, very famous Islamic doctor Muhammad exactly. Hussein Haikal in his book. Yes, brother, you want to add something? No, no, I was going to say he is a famous writer. Famous writer. So he, uh, this this other doctor that I mentioned, Yusuf Zaydan, is got, getting it from the his, from this book, and he's going to quote it from this book. Watch. So if we go uh, continue, look what it says, brother. Can you uh, read and translate? 
قال الدكتور زيدان دكتور زيدان said إن اسم محمد الذي أطلق عليه the name محمد that was ascribed to him عند ولادته when he was born was كان قثم ابن عبد اللات قثم the son of the servant of اللات Wait a second. Muslims always told us that Muhammad's name is Muhammad and he is the son of Abdullah. But here, a doctor, a famous doctor and the director of the manuscripts in Alexandria, right? He is saying and he's reading from the book that we just mentioned, Hayat Muhammad, the life of Muhammad from page 39. He is saying that that book is saying that Muhammad's real name is Qutham and he's the son of the slave of who? Allah, one of the daughters of Allah, one of the pagan idols of the Quran. And the subject, one of the subjects of the satanic verses. Exactly. Again, the translation for everybody. Muhammad's real name for the first 40 years of his life, his birth name that was given maybe by his mother, maybe by his father, Ibn Abdullah, right? Is the original name of the father of Muhammad, not Abdullah. Qutham ibn Abdullah, meaning Qutham, that's his real name, the son of the slave of Allah. What happens, brother? What happened, basically? Much later, Muslims try to fix duct tape because they are too embarrassed. How can our prophet be called the son of the slave of Allah, one of the three daughters of Allah, the moon idol Allah, the stone idol, the moon idol Allah, and one of his three daughters Alat, right? Alat. So that was the real name of Muhammad, brother? That's what That's it right. says. I mean, I, I don't understand uh, why our Muslim friends are so um, uh, secretive about this. What, what if they came down to say, you know what? Uh, when he was called to be a prophet, his name changed. Okay, great. I'll accept that. No big deal, you know? But no, no, no. We want to uh, polish this guy and his characteristics and his uh, uh, personality. I want to make him perfect from even before his birth. Exactly. So you see, Muslims always need to do tarqiyah. We call that exactly. uh, fixing, duct taping, There's the disasters. They need to hide and come up with new stuff to hide the embarrassing real historical facts about the name, even about the name of their prophet, right? And even the family name, the name of his father, uh, because the, these are all pagans, sons of pagan. Muhammad was a son of a pagan. And we know from other Islamic sources that the father of Muhammad was Najis, right? He was a mushrik. And even Amina, the mother of Muhammad, died as a mushrika. And these are very famous topics and facts in the Islamic books and in the Islamic world. His parents died as mushrikeen. Muhammad's real name is Qutham. And he is the son of Abdullah, the son of the slave of Allah, one of the three daughters of Allah, the supreme moon idol. Yeah, and if and we that, continue, dear brother, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and, and that explains why when uh, the Satanic Verses uh, incident took place, which you and I, by the way, did at least one uh, live stream on that, why the Quraysh basically tribe uh, was praising the fact that finally the God of Muhammad accepted these goddesses as intercessors uh, because Muhammad was appealing to those that are familiar not only to them but to him himself to his own family and we showed earlier in one of these short videos that Muhammad was asked by Allah more than once actually and Gabriel uh, Jibril to abandon you know basically displaying idols or 
the worship and the service of idols. So I'm not really so sure why our Muslim friends don't want to face reality, basically. Exactly. And dear brother, uh, you noticed uh, the, the audience are noticing that we are not inventing anything. We are not fabricating anything. We are only reading what the Islamic books are saying and what scholars and doctors Muslim scholars and doctors say about Muhammad, his real name, who his family are, that they are nothing but pagans. He is a son of pagan and Muslims. And Muhammad even himself had to fix all kind of things to look like a prophet of God. Here is another book. And you see, we don't fabricate. We only read and we ask questions. Here is a famous book. And you know this book, brother, as an ex-Muslim. It's called Taj al-Arus, meaning the crown of the bride, Taj al-Arus, volume 33, as you see a huge uh, book with multiple volumes, in this case, volume 33, by Murtadi al-Zubaydi. What do you want to say about this book, brother? Do you, do you want to well, add Well, I mean, it's a very known book. I mean, you hear about it all the time. Taj al-Arus this, Taj al-Arus that, because it's basically a kind of like a dictionary, if you wish, or a concordance that, that you go to. Exactly. So what does this book say to make things more clear? If we go to this book and we open volume 13 of this book, Taj al-Arus, we find in volume 33 on page 228, the following statement. Please read it, brother, and read the translation. Yeah. So, anta kuthamu wa khalquka kuthamu. You are kuthamu and you are created from kuthamu, basically. All right. So here again, Muhammad's name is Qutham, not Muhammad. His original name is Qutham from a second source, from a second book, as we're showing you. And he's even created from Qutham. That's the statement about Muhammad. And this is what the Quraysh used to say to Muhammad. So let's see, brother, what the meaning of Qutham is, shall we? Absolutely. And maybe we can wrap up this part after that. All right. Here is the meaning of Qutham. Let's see if we can show you. Here is another book to explain to us. I'm not fabricating. I'm not inventing meanings. I'm only seeing. I'm doing the homework that Muslims don't do themselves. We have to do their homework for them. Here is another book to make things clear and to explain to us the meaning behind Qutham. What is Qutham? Al-Mujma' al-Saghir. As you see, that's the title of this book. And you see the cover of the book on the screen. If we go to the next page, we see the meaning of this name. What is Qutham, brother? Please read. And sorry, but we have to say things as they are. What is the meaning of Qutham? Go ahead, brother. Well, the first one says, Al-Qutham huwa latkh bil-adirah. So I'll, I'll summarize it. Basically, Al-Qutham, basically, it's the, um, uh, what, you know, the, the def, what defecates out of a human being, basically. Uh, the, the filth right. that comes out of a human being. So, brother. So that's why the Quraysh the were making fun of, of him, by the way. Yeah, and, and not only fun. His family gave him the name Qutham. And imagine being called Qutham for 40 years of your life. Would that drive you crazy? Could that be the reason why Muslim, why, sorry, why the Quraysh, the pagans of Mecca used to call Muhammad Majnoon, a man, a demon-possessed man? I mean, if for 40 years, if you have been called 
the filth of 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 of, of men, right? The crap of men. I mean, that would have uh, drived you crazy. So the, the meaning of kutham is the filth of you know. We are trying to be political correct. Yeah, and I but you get the careful. idea what it means. Yeah, we want to yeah. be careful, folks. This is what the Islamic source is saying. This is not my opinion. This isn't Rob's opinion. We're quoting to you Islamic sources here. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, and this information, we can find it in another book called Al-Mudhish by Al-Jalal ibn Al-Jawzi. So I gave you not one, but two books that explain the meaning of Qutham, which means the defecation. Sorry, sorry, guys. That's what it means. We are, we, we are trying to be political correct, to, you know, to use, don't use bad language. But that's the real meaning behind the real name of Muhammad that he carried, that he, that he had for 40 years. So he had to change his name and take a divine title, meaning Muhammad, the praised one, because his name was really filthy. But it is what it is. That's the true name of Muhammad. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, brother. And in the uh, next part, we are going to talk about also the genealogy of Muhammad. So hopefully we have proven to you without a doubt of a, sh- a shadow of a doubt that the name Muhammad is something that was ascribed later to Muhammad. And it's actually almost a divine attribute. So take it however you want. Uh, all that we have done today is demonstrate to you from Islamic sources that the name Qutham is not a good one. And it explains why it was changed. With that in mind, thank you so much, brother. And I uh, can't wait until the next part. Thank you, everyone, for joining us and for watching. Until next time, have a blessed day. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.